Hi guys, hope it has been a great day for you. Today, I wanna to talk about how to handle things, how to remain productive and keep your momentum when you've only got little pockets of time. This feels really appropriate right now because I feel like I'm, like just in this past week, having like lots of little things, like a five minute drive from here to here to drop something off. But like, I feel like I'm doing that every like hour and a half or something, or like quick check-in calls with things like itty bitty things, but they add up to sort of disrupt your focused deep work time, right? So in some cases, let's start by talking about the things that we can try to adjust to avoid certain interruptions. But I know that that's not realistic for just about any of us to have like a life of zero interruptions. And to be totally honest, a life with zero interruptions, as great as it sounds for productivity, like probably would feel kind of sad and lonely. So the goal is not to totally get rid of interruptions. The goal is not to treat interruptions as the enemy. The goal is to see if we can minimize interruptions to a more manageable level. And then the goal is to continue to thrive and be really, really productive when we've got interruptions anyway, right? So real quick question is to just do an assessment of what types of interruptions can maybe be handled. Now, it might mean you need to rework some things. It might mean you need to juggle some things, but it always feels a lot more empowering when we're the ones in control of our schedules than when it's just like lots of things are thrust on you, right? Like, I feel like at this point in time, I'm in a stage where I am like the family chauffeur and even out in really, really, really small town, you would be surprised at how many like shufflings from here to there happen in a given week, right? So in some cases, no, can't really be adjusted. And so then it's a mental shift. It's reminding myself, you know what? I signed up for this. This was not thrust upon me. This is something that I agreed would be a good thing to commit to. So, oh well. All right. But in as much as you can, like think about just one or two ways to make things slightly easier. Um, a big thing for parents could involve carpooling, right? Can you handle the morning run and the neighbor handle the afternoon run or things like that? Another thing that I really like to do is to try to combine appointments. Like we've got a really good friend who um, they juggle multiple medical appointments and therapy appointments and they've managed to do it so like one day of the week is their appointment day they know it's an insane day and it's an exhausting day but then they also know okay they get six recovery days in there sometimes it makes sense if you can to like batch all of the non-writing things that you've got to do into like a small amount of time and then enjoy a little bit more free time but like i said I totally know that that's not realistic or practical to completely get rid of all interruptions. So one thing that we can focus on, so now we're shifting from like, yeah, maybe there's one or two practical things you can do to reduce some interruptions, but since we can't live in a totally interruption-free world, how can we keep our momentum even when we're going through a busy week where there's just a lot of things here and there? All right, so one thing I encourage you is to find time for deep work. And I'm going to give you three different options to work up to. And you can kind of think about your lifestyle and your schedule as it is to figure out which of these is a good goal to work towards. So your options for deep work goals to work towards. Is it possible to find one hour a day 
where you get deep work time. Now, for most people, this would be most ideal if you could say something like from 7 to 8, whether that's a.m. or p.m. That's my deep work, no meetings, no interruptions, no phone, no email, no family. This is my deep work time. If your schedule is really, really crazy, like I'm thinking about maybe somebody who's um, like an on-call nurse or like a firefighter schedule, right? Like, you know, five on and 10 off or, you know, like weird, funky schedules like that. It might not work to be the same time every time, right? But can you get an hour of uninterrupted work time a day? And if you can't, try to carve out at least half an hour because that's going to feel more realistic to aim for, right? So if you can't carve out a full hour of uninterrupted time, work hard now to at least get yourself half an hour of uninterrupted time each day. It doesn't always have to be the exact same time, but if you can just kind of get into that habit, you know what? Mornings from 10 to 11, that's when I'm writing. So don't bother me. Don't expect anything from me. All right. If that's not practical, then is it possible for you to get um, like one chunk of work time a week? So maybe this is a three hours on Saturday morning. You're able to go to the library and put on your headphones and just get deep work done, right? Is there a way that you can get a chunk of work done over the course of a couple hours if all you're doing is like once a week, can you find time to do that? And then for people who that, even that doesn't seem reasonable or possible, the next step for that would be, can you get yourself a weekend once a month, right? Now, especially if you've got like young kids or things, that might be the hardest to carve out. But again, think about these and what might work best in your situation so an hour a day of uninterrupted time several hours once a week or like a weekend once a month for just uninterrupted time and if if none of those work then start with about half of it right instead of trying to carve out an hour a day start by carving out half an hour a day and there's this really interesting that hap- thing that happens when we carve out time and that is that everything else flows around it right think about a rock in water right? So right now you've got this stream of all these things coming at you and then you set your big old boulder in the middle of that fast running river and say this is my chunk of uninterrupted deep work time and what you're going to find is that everything else moves around that, right? That's how that's how water works, that's how friction works, that's how gravity works, right? That's how time management works. When you carve out a chunk of time, Everything else is going to find its way around it. But if you never carve out that chunk of time, that time's just going to get filled with something. All right. So another thing to just be on the lookout for, I'm sure there's a more official word for it. I call it busyness creep. And that is like when you end up having free time and then it just gets easily sucked in, right? Nature hates a vacuum is, is the same kind of thing. It's the same reason for why like let's say you move into a new house and you end up with more space and you've got an entire shelf or an entire cupboard that doesn't have anything in it. And three months in, that shelf and all your other shelves are overflowing with stuff, right? Like if you got space for something, that space is going to get filled. This is really, really clear for people who like transition from being like at home parents to now their parents are in school or sorry, now their kids are in school and they think they're going to get like eight hours a day. And all of a sudden, like everything creeps in if you're not careful. And it's this meeting and that meeting and volunteering here and working over here. And so we need to, again, be conscientious about establishing our time for deep work and letting everything else kind of come around. And if that's 
if that's hard for you to do, it's something to practice even saying like, this is my work time, right? For some of us, that's, that feels hard, that feels scary. It feels like we should be able to be flexible, but to be able to say, you know what? I work from noon to four. So no, I can't chaperone the soccer practice or <laughs> whatever it is that soccer parents do. Clearly we're not a soccer family. Um, that's that's the kind of thing you can practice because like if everybody knows that you're at home and it looks like you've got all the time in the world, you can be kind of certain that certain people are gonna start asking you for things. And so you can get used to saying, no, this is my work time. And that's another way to kind of help prevent busyness creep. And again, be careful of what you commit to also. Um, and then just a couple more practical tips I wanna leave you with, because truly there are gonna be days where no matter how hard you work to carve out time just for deep work there's going to be days that feel like you're you know very distracted and floating from one tiny obligation to another and kind of living the life of a a soccer mom or a firefighter right you're like you're going here and then it's done and you're going here and then it's done and like all of your work time gets interrupted so maybe you still have a full 10 hours at home but like you never have more than 20 minutes before something else comes up so in those cases, one thing you can do, especially if you're like, if your busyness comes from literally like running around to different places, appointments or things, take some work with you. I know for me, like doing email types of things, responding to emails, I can do that on my phone. Yeah, it's a little bit faster to type, but I can do it on my phone. So there are things that I take with me, even like outlining a story, you can take your journal with you. Um, so think about those kinds of things. If you're gonna be out and about, if you're waiting in a carpool pickup line, those kinds of things, what what tiny bits of work can you bring with you? And if nothing else, you can at the very least listen to like audiobooks or podcasts that will help you from the maybe motivational side or the book marketing side so that you're still being productive while you're out and about. Another thing that I think is really, really useful is when you're writing a first draft and you have to leave to do something else, leave yourself a tiny note, whether that's like a post-it note that you stick to your computer or like a note right there in the manuscript, leave yourself a note just to remind yourself where you were. Cause I don't know if you're like me, but I get really, really like in the zone. And then when I get out of the zone, I, I feel so absent-minded. I'd be like, what did I just write? What did I just do? So if you leave yourself a tiny bit of a note regarding like what just happened and what you wrote and maybe even your ideas for what's going to happen next. So maybe you need to leave right as Sally is about to get into this major fight with her mom and have it out with her mom. And you know kind of what that conversation is going to look like. You just don't have time to type it out right now. So you stop where you're at and you just leave yourself a little bit of a note with like, shorthand right sally's going to accuse her mom of this her mom's going to threaten to disown her right so you when it when it comes time to come back into your deep work time it takes less friction to get you back into your manuscript right that's one of the goals is to be able to get back into your work more quickly and so that way it takes less recovery time when you do get interrupted Another thing that I really, really recommend is to embrace some of the technology that's going to allow you to remain interruption-free. So those are things like airplane mode, turning off notifications, even unplugging your router if you're distracting yourself, if you're the one interrupting yourself because of this. Another thing you could do is like set up autoresponders. If you find that you're always worried about missing emails or you get to a hard part in your manuscript and your very first inclination is, oh, well, let me go check my email then you can set up 
an out-of-the-office responder saying, hey, you know what, I'm working from, you know, this chunk of time, but I will get back to you when I'm done. Your people who get that autoresponder don't need it, but it's going to help you to not feel like you've got to go in. And it's also going to make you feel like a liar if you do go in and want to respond to someone, even though they've already gotten your out of office that says, you know, you won't respond until, you know, 5 p.m. or, you know, however that works. It's more for you, but it can definitely, definitely help. And then lastly, I just want to encourage you to celebrate small successes and, and watch how you talk about your productivity. So instead of saying things like, Today was such a waste. I only got 500 words done. Um, totally work on reframing that. And you know what? This is 500 words that I didn't have when I woke up this morning, right? All progress is progress. So don't, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Don't think to, uh, don't despise small beginnings. <laughs> that was a, that was a proverb I was trying to remember. Like don't despise the 500 word day because that's still more than nothing. And a string of 500 word days can get you a finished novel. Now, yeah, not too many people write a novel in 500 word days, but it can happen for sure. So I hope that those were helpful ideas and I wish you lots of inspiration and productivity and uninterrupted writing time and we'll talk soon.